Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Jesse. Welcome to the Reimagine Success Podcast. We're a husband and wife team who want to make a difference and change the way we all view success. We've had the privilege of interviewing so many amazing, talented, and successful guests. Each one of them experienced success in their own way. We want to change how society views success by inspiring you to live your best life and celebrate your successes no matter what that looks like, big and small. Success looks so different for everyone, and we want you to reimagine your success. Welcome to Season 2 of Reimagine Success. Welcome back to Season 2 of Reimagine Success. Man, we are so close to being done with this season. It's absolutely crazy. I know. We are almost to our season finale, and we are so excited. We're getting ready. Mm-hmm. You know what that means when we hit our season finale? That we've been doing this for an entire year oh, without yeah. missing a week. We've gone every single week for a year up to this point, mm-hmm. and we're we're just on that cusp of hitting our one year anniversary. And I I can't wait. It's so exciting. Yeah. And if you guys have not joined our Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash creative global. You can find all of our bonus content, our behind the scenes, our journey, which has been really exciting lately. Oh yeah. Uh, And also sneak peeks and behind the scenes. Yeah. Definitely head over there. You get extra interviews and just lots of great stuff. So seriously, if you haven't checked it out, Patreon.com slash creative global for $5 a month. You can become a patron. That's less than a cup of coffee. It's less than a tank of gas in some places in this country. (laughs) So just jump on board, become a patron. You won't regret it. And we'll see you over there on that side. And you guys, I, we wanted to give you an update on Creative Global Entertainment. I know we've talked a little bit, but just to let you know, Creative Global Entertainment is a, a full service marketing uh, company. We actually are a brand elevation company, and we want to make sure that you are elevating your brand every single day. So head over to creativeglobalentertainment.com, uh, set up a one-on-one consultation with us. We'd love to talk to you about how we can elevate your brand. Yeah. And with that, we've got such an amazing guest today. We cannot wait to get into this interview. Today, we have Deborah Peters, international keynote speaker and the founder of Mind. And did, did I say that right, Deborah? It's Neem- actually uh, Neuroengineering Institute. Neuroengineering Institute. All right. So Deborah Peters is not just the top international business coach, but an idea. She helps business leaders scale, offering a specialized leading edge approach. She is known in the industry as the business accelerator, a global thought leader and professional speaker. Deborah has a special gift of shifting through patterns, through thought patterns, the points of view, the beliefs, and the energy that block individuals, teams, and entire organizations from thriving. She weaves mindset and train mindset training and neuroscience tools into pragmatic business coaching. Deborah's unique approach to helping business leaders scale their companies has impacted thousands of companies across the world. Sought after a professional speaker, podcast guest, coach, blogger, and podcast host, Deborah has conducted training, spoken at conferences, and coached business leaders in 17 countries in a wide variety of industries and company sizes, including government agencies like the FBI. We're going to have to dive into that. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. Maybe I should go back and redo that training. (laughs) (laughs) Well, welcome to the podcast, Deborah. We're so excited to have you with us. Oh, you know what? Thank you for having me. It's um, 
I always love coming on people's shows and just because the banter is always the fun part. Oh, (laughs) yeah. 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 And, you know, it's so cool because we were talking a little bit before we got started, but we're so like minded. Mm -hmm. You have um, your energy and your positivity. You're out there making a difference and you're making a change and you want to help the world. And we see that in you. Yeah, it's fun thing. Um to look at it from that perspective, because the other side of it is you could just see it as a lot of hard work. Yeah. And at the beginning, it kind of was because I really probably haven't changed my message a whole lot in the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. But um, what's happened is my audience has grown in, in its consciousness. And so before, you know, when I would give a speech or do a training, there was only so much of that. You could see it physiologically that they were absorbing and the rest was just kind of bouncing off and falling on the floor. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like shooting, that. shooting like those, those rubber darts, you know, just pointing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. But now it's different. And, um, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's dive in a little bit. Cause you know, we, we read a, a great bio for you, but we want to know your story, like Mm -hmm. really like the depths of who you are and where you came from and how you got into all this stuff. So will you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a lifelong journey. Um, I think that, uh, you know, that saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't really, I, I always kind of thought that was a little bit on the negative side, but it's true. I mean, Um, when you think that what's happening to you is really happening through you. Mm. Um, And it it shifts the dynamics from this is going to take me down and I'm going to lose everything and I'm never going to get back on my feet. My life is a waste to, oh, all I have to do here is shift my perspective a little bit And maybe I can't necessarily stop the momentum of what's already taking place, but I could put my focus on creating some other opportunity that might be more fulfilling. Mm. And I I think I innately knew that when I was a kid. Well, I know I innately Mm -hmm. knew that as a kid. And um, because I I grew up in a really, uh, really abusive, violent environment. Mm. And um, there was a lot of alcoholism, uh, just, you know, arguing and fighting. And, you know, with alcoholism comes a lot, right? Yeah. It, there's yeah. a lot there. And so, um, and just the lack of follow through on anything, you know, if we're going to go do something as a family and then at the last second, it's off. And we're all, you know, we're all sitting there all dressed up, ready to go. And it's like, it's off. And nobody mm. understands what's going on. Having the rug pulled out from under me repeatedly, um, it 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 uh, triggered something in me that there has to be a better way. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. instead of swimming upstream here. Um, so I just really started to focus on, well, what what do you want your life to look like? I mean, I was ten years old. Wow, mm. that's yeah. that's a deep thought for yeah. a ten year old to have to have. Goodness. Yeah. 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 We had this, uh, I lived on a farm and it was really, really remote. I always joke like our farm was at the end of the road because it was pretty much the last farm on the road. And then you Mm. had to drive into into our farmyard, back out and go back the direction you came from. Like there was no loop to it. Mm. And um, there was a, there was a lot in that 
that was nurturing like nature. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, I had a kite, I had many kites and I would double up the length of the string and I would, and then I would buy extra duty string because the winds were so, so strong. And I would, I would tie it to a piece of farm machinery and it would fly in the air for hours. I mean, that's so cool. (laughs) I did like really crazy stuff. Yeah. It was like, it was my solace. And and we had this, uh, we had this, this hill kind of like our, our yard would dip down. And then we had this big hill Mm kind of like if you, if you've been to the South of England, uh, near Glastonbury, there's a place called the Tor and uh there's it's just a big hill and our our hill was shaped just like the tour i had my own i had my own personal tour nice <laughs> no, that's so cool <laughs> so Love i it. used to i remember i was like 10 you know and i'm, I'm standing on that thing going all right god i'm ready to go like mm. it ain't happening here i'm not getting my point across mm-hmm. nobody's yep. paying any attention to me regardless how truthful what i'm saying is let's go yeah so i mm. i yeah it it, there was something in me from a really early age. Thank That's so funny. Everything that you're saying is resonating with me so hard because <laughs> I used to do the same thing. I'm like, why is this life like this at, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old? And you're like, yeah, yeah. I just don't want to do this anymore. I would, I, there's a gotta be a better place or better way. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, mm. and it's interesting because, um, I think the, the, and I, you know, I've been a parent, so I, I think the fundamental mistake we make as parents is we underestimate the wisdom of our children Yeah. and right. And we calibrate their capacity for knowledge and, and awareness and consciousness mm-hmm. against their biological age. And the two have nothing to do with one another. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yep. Yeah. One of the things, uh, so we have two kids, mm-hmm. we have a 12 year old girl and a seven year old boy. And, um, we don't have them full time, but when, when we do have them, we try to really make sure that we, we speak to them in ways that we are, we're helping them to grow, but Mm -hmm. also that we are respecting them as people and, and talking to them about tough things that a lot of people would shy away from with children. Mm -hmm. Whereas we are more, we embrace it. Yeah. We, we want them to be able to learn how to rationally think through things yes. and to process yeah. the difficult things mm-hmm. with our guidance instead of what a lot of parents do, which they're just like, well, I'm just not going to talk to them about that because they're too young. And then they experience it and they have no idea how to, how to, to wrestle with it or to process it. with right. it. Yeah. No so, point of reference. Yeah. yeah. So like you're saying, like you can't judge a person's ability to comprehend and to receive information based on their age, mm-hmm. because if you do, then you're leaving these poor little humans out on their own to fight this world that is really difficult yeah 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 i mean granted they may not have uh like life experience like Mm day-to-day life experience given their their age but there's a there's a soul level of awareness there Mm -hmm. that is far beyond what some adults and i've coached a lot of you know so Mm -hmm. um i I just think that the double-edged the double-edged sword here is Cause you asked me, you know, how did my, how did I, what was my journey? And, and the double-edged sword was, is that I had all this trauma and, and uh, pain, emotional struggle in my background, but the flip side of it that went with it was just a, a level of um, self-reliance mm-hmm. and, and resiliency mm-hmm. and creativity 
mm-hmm. where I could say, okay, I could look at something like a pattern, say a pattern in my family. I could look at a pattern and I could see really clearly how the dots connected between that end result that was being produced and how they felt about themselves internally, like their self-relationship. Mm-hmm. And and I could see the dots and it was like, okay, well, it doesn't have to be that way. So I kind of look at business like that too, you know, it's, um, to me, it's really simple. Like there's no mystery to this. We're told that, that business is hard and it's mm-hmm. a struggle and most businesses fail. And, and, you know, first of all, all of that is a lie. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of that is a lie. So business is not hard because business, well, I would hope that when you create a business, you're you creating something you're passionate about. Yeah. Right. Right. So me work. <laughs> I know. So there's nothing hard about that. In fact, what a greater wave to ride, mm-hmm. you know? And and then and then secondly, you know, there's a level of of inspiration and enthusiasm that is an infinite well within us, and, you know, comes coming through our relationship with God or creator or universe, whatever you want to language it, mm-hmm. that is infinite. So yeah. if you know if you're ever stuck in your business or struggling in your business, it's a belief system. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It That's is so not true. true. Yeah. And I mean, you talk a lot about growth mindset, which goes along with business practices as well. Like you have to be able to grow, you have to be able to learn, and you have to be able to change with the times as a business and as a person. You always have to have growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you talk about growth mindset, you know, can you talk about the five steps that you use to create the best growth mindset that you can possibly have? Well, the, I think this probably boils down to like one mm-hmm. and, and that one would be, you know, what do you want? Mm. You know, cause if you, if you can dial that in, really get the person to connect with that, with all of their uh, sensory acuity, Mm-hmm. You know, we we experience life through our senses. Mm-hmm. You know what we what we hear, what we see, what we smell, what we taste, what we intuit, mm-hmm. what we touch, tactile. That's how we take in life, and we take that in twenty four seven. And then we have to, you know, sort of decipher that down, chunk that down into some sense of clarity, so so we can utilize what. Uh, resonates with us Mm -hmm. and we can just you know park the rest for later in case we decide we want to take advantage of it and so the biggest thing is is getting the client to have some sense of awareness around what it is they really want Mm -hmm. and then and then I have them take that and decipher it and break it down based on their sensory acuity what does it look like you know, what is, does it have color? Um, does it have shape? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it fast or slow? You know, does it have movement? Um, what does it sound like? Is it your own voice in your head? Is it people cheering? Is it your team dancing to, you know, around to, and there's, there's music playing, what's the song? Mm-hmm. And then really getting into the feeling, right? How does it feel? Mm. And when you feel it, then identify, you know, is it smooth? Is it, does it vibrate? Is it bumpy? Is it intermittent? Is it, where do you feel it in your body? Is it in your gut? Is it in your heart? You know, 
Um, is it some of it's in your head? Like I did a, a session this week with a client of mine who runs a construction company and we did this very exercise. And, mm-hmm. and um, what we have found out was how he processes uh, emotion mm-hmm. in decision-making in his company. And um, when he comes up with an idea that could move a revenue stream forward or could advance a project or, or, or increase a contract, he feels it, it comes from his heart. Mm. But then when, if he, if, and usually this often happens, he gets pushback, you know, people mm-hmm. are hardwired to say no. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, then his response to managing that comes from his head. Mm. So he had two different um, operating systems mm. and couldn't figure out why it was so disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas right? if he was using his heart in the response, yeah. then he would probably then be responding be so much better. Right. And not because we'll talk ourselves out of stuff all the uh-huh. time yeah. in our heads. It's so easy. It, to our, do that. our conditioning as humans is so strong to think that we, you know, can only achieve X amount of things. We have to stay in this small bubble. Yeah. Like from the day we're born, we're told all these lies. And that way, like this may sound conspiratorial, but you know, <laughs> they, okay. they want to control us. They want to make sure that we stay simple minded as sheep in this population. So that way they can just keep, doing and uh, they is whoever you know whoever it is at the time yeah yeah yeah, whoever it is and they want to keep us powerless because they know that we as humanity are so strong and so powerful Mm -hmm. that if if we would believe that Mm -hmm. for a change man this world would be so different yeah we're limitless but a lot of people are taught not to be and to be so small um whereas we are just infinite huge yeah yeah Yeah. massive yeah and and you know conspiracy or not um it it really just does come down to which industrial complex stands to lose the most money oh Mm -hmm. yeah right so so let's say you're pushing back against uh traditional health in healing something in a natural way you know there's no money in that Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, big pharma doesn't get their cut of that yeah. Right. Hospital um, systems, you know, whoever. <laughs> yeah. And and let's say you're you're pushing back at um some sort of tech or a situation. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. cars, for example. Like there's yeah. cars that can run on water, yet we, you know, rely on big oil. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> or or the drive for full electric, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm fundamentally opposed to that because at the end of the day. If, if your entire existence relies on electricity mm-hmm. and the, the, somebody pulls the switch and there's no flow to your house, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't cook, right? Mm-hmm. You can't bank, you mm-hmm. can't work, mm-hmm. you can't drive, mm-hmm. you can't communicate and right. you live in the dark and you probably freeze. Yeah. So it's never, you know, that old saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> Do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> do not do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, only a matter of time till the grid goes down. <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, whatever. And that's the point is like, whichever grid, I think mm-hmm. that, so, you know, I can relate it back to my childhood. Um, I can't remember exactly how old I was. It was probably somewhere between 
eight and nine, maybe, maybe a little bit older, but not much by a few months. And um, I wanted to be able to handle a rifle. Mm -hmm. And so I could go hunting with everybody. I didn't want to sit home. Um, (laughs) And so my mom sent me off to firearm training school. And it was a, it was a two or three weekend course. I was probably the youngest kid in the class, but most kids were all farm kids. So most kids were probably 11 and 12, 13, mm-hmm. you know, and anybody older than that was more advanced and they were probably in a different class. But um, I learned how to completely take a, a rifle apart, clean it, and put it back together. And I was like cool. nine years old. That's so, cool. Yeah. So then that opened up a revenue stream for me because then my job was to take out the 22 and um, go shoot gophers because we have, we're overpopulated. <laughs> oh my God, I sound like such a hick. Don't Just I? curious, where was this that you? <laughs> yeah, where did? Where, where did, were you raised? I, I grew up in Canada on a on a farm. Oh, oh cool. What yeah. part of Canada? Uh, Saskatchewan. Okay, wow. cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so did so, you see the? Was it close to the Northern Lights, or did you get it? Oh, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. 100%. Oh, so yeah. jealous. And, and, <laughs> And, and our summers were like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Our so was, long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So in, in the summertime, we, you know, we'd go to the lake and we'd water ski after dinner. Like we'd have, we'd barbecue at six or seven and water ski till 10. That's yeah, awesome. I love I know. it. Yeah. That's that really would, good. that would be an amazing, that part would be amazing childhood. <laughs> so, so, you know, and the thing is, is, and then I graduated to a 410 shotgun so I could go pheasant hunting mm-hmm. and it just was about really um being responsible mm-hmm. and and displaying you know a level of maturity because you understand that you're dealing with a lethal weapon and mm-hmm. it can take a life and and you know it was a way of life it's like we 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 ate those pheasants like it wasn't a game it was to put food on the table yeah and mm-hmm. you know it's like today we bubble wrap our children yeah to the point where they can barely they can barely function yeah they're, they're terrified can't to kill a bug yard i know and then and then we park them in front of some kind of tech device yeah mm-hmm. but who knows what black hole they're going down yeah and we wonder why they can't function on their own mm-hmm. you know so for all the parents out there that bubble wrap your kids stop it Yeah, exactly. You know, Jesse and I have been talking about that a lot lately. We live on a pretty much a nature preserve. So behind uh, our yard is we have behind our tree line is our backyard, which is a hiking trail. Pretty much it's a forest. Mm -hmm. And just behind our actual property line, it's just miles and miles and miles and miles of nature preserve. And I was talking to Jesse and I'm like, if I was a kid, like our kids age, I would be outside all the yeah. time. I mean, I saw snakes home. as kids, uh, yeah. you know, eight, nine years old, whatever. Yeah. Like you just deal with it. And now kids are like, hey, there's a spider on the porch. Like, Yeah, I, I, I jokingly, <laughs> well, not even jokingly. I tell our son all the time, like, <laughs> boy, you are soft. You're soft. You got to toughen up. This world is too hard for you to be this soft. You're like, there'll be a tiny little moth. He'd be like, oh, I can't kill it. Like, what? What are you doing? Did you just grab a napkin? The food chain, baby. It's a food chain. <laughs> but no, well, then, Dad, you need to take him out because he's not going to do it without your example. Yeah. 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 But that's one thing we've been. So we only get them every other weekend. Yeah, it's um, so hard. And so it's so hard. It's like we have 
a day and a half of really good quality time that we get to try to be an influence mm -hmm. on them. And it's just, it's tough because, you know, the other 12 days of the week, they're out there learning to be soft and being coddled and, you know, all the things that or are happening wraps. with kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's oh, just, it's, it's frustrating as a parent because you want them to be as much as you can help them to become, but you also can't force them to be anything. You have to just instruct and guide and it's, it's hard. Yeah. And just live it. You, mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting. So there's a couple of directions to take that. Like one direction would be as a, as the child matures and life comes at them, I promise you, even if it's a day and a half, every 12 days that you get, the thing that they rely on to take them through hard times will be the thing that you taught them. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it will always be there. Yeah. 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 Our 12 year old, she, uh, she's a little bit, she's growing into her own now. It's really cool to see. Mm -hmm. And Jesse and I, we actually met during COVID in 2020 uh -huh. and uh, which was, you know, terrible of course, but it was great because we were actually had some time to spend with each other and learn each other. And I really got to know the kids and to see the kids from when I first met them to now is such a huge change, especially with the 12 year old. She was 10 and now she's 12, two years. Like she, she has a little personality now. You could tell what kind of human she's going to turn into. <laughs> um, and she's starting to ask, you know, this more serious questions. Mm -hmm. And we always are guiding her and answering the questions to the best we can with her where she understands it. And we love the fact that instead of wanting to go out to a park or go to a theme park or a museum, she wants to hang out outside on the front porch and just talk. And, oh my God. and that, that's, great. that's her. She's like, no, it's okay. We don't have to go do that. We can just sit on the front porch and eat ice cream sandwiches and, and talk. <laughs> I <laughs> like, love that. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> But we've we've been trying really hard to teach them that they can they can achieve whatever they want in life, whatever their goals are, they can have it. And we're trying to teach them that law of attraction principle. Mm -hmm. And but the problem is a lot of people these days, they're like, oh, yeah, I practice law of attraction. And they're like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get that. And then they just sit there and they're like, all right, waiting for it. To yeah. Come. Yeah. Where is and, it? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people forget that part of the law of attraction is actually putting some action behind the attraction. Yeah. And so can you talk That's to us a, a little one. bit about uh, not using the name it and claim it concept and how a law of attraction can actually work in somebody's life? Well, law of attraction is always working in everybody's life. Mm -hmm. And the, therein lies the rub is nobody, most people don't want to take responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, your life is your mirror. Whatever's going on in your life is telling you who you're being with yourself. Mm -hmm. Relationships, you know, relationships are the number one um, barometer to what the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's just everything. And, and, that you experience every single day. It's, it's the interactions you have in a grocery store. It's the, um, being led in line somewhere just because someone's like, here you go, or, you know, showing up at a drive-through window and someone's prepaid your meal. Mm -hmm. All of that is law of attraction. Mm -hmm. And, and as well as, you know, when 
things go south and you have arguments with people. I mean, the, the biggest issue, I suppose, that uh, plagues people on this planet that I, I believe we are moving past and that is the victim mentality, mm-hmm. um, the fog, the, uh, the the mind fog, the um, the the veil of deceit that has been uh, placed over humanity for decades. That um, it, it's some kind of a mystery when something good happens in your life, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a punishment when something bad happens in your life. And, uh, and that, you know, you have to look and behave a certain way in order for whatever that mysterious thing is to, Mm -hmm. to grant you what you want. Um, So law of attraction, it's like gravity, you know, it it doesn't, it's everywhere all the time. It's, it's who you're being. It's, it's how your body is shaped. You know, I, I do a lot of work with people on body image, a lot of executives on body image and you know, you, you can't go looking in the mirror and seeing yourself as being unattractive and ugly and mm. then expect your body to morph into and your face to morph into something you know, from a magazine. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's if, so if good. you right, if you want something, whatever it is in your life, there's there's several steps toward it. The first thing is desire. Like if you have to want it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you don't want it. It's not going to matter. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Once you want it, then you have to. And I say have to because it's, a, it's a, probably a really poor choice of English language. I would say more along the lines of now it's a de- time to make a decision. If, if I really do want this, then what is it going to take for me to have this experience? And I'm not talking about the end result of money in the bank. I'm talking about how you see yourself, mm-hmm. how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm your relationship with the world? Do you see the world as being this combative, punishing, uh, dark, lonely place? Or do you see it as being a loving, benevolent uh, universe that jumps to deliver whatever you you put your focus on? And so that decision is critical right there. I mean, that's the turning point. And you can't serve two gods. You You can't want it and doubt it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, let's say, let's say the goal is, is a road, you're on a road and then now you're, you're to the, the fork in the road where things are getting serious, right? You mm-hmm. have to decide, I, I, I want it. So that's the right hand turn or I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never done this before. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if Yeah. What if yeah. people judge me? What if, what if, what if? You can't turn left and right at the same time. Yeah. Right. You have to make a choice. And then that becomes a lifestyle. You see, mm-hmm. law of attraction is is an is is the energy of the universe. It's quantum physics. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. yeah. right. And then you get to choose your lifestyle. You can either push against it and do the split energy thing of I want it, but, or you can just roll with it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and ride the wave and but you can't do both mm-hmm. yeah yeah so many people are afraid of the unknown and they will 
limit their experience based on what they know. Mm-hmm. And if that's what all you're doing is just walking in the things that you know every single day, man, what a what a sad life that is because you're missing out on the grandness that this world, this universe, this that everything has to mm-hmm. offer us because you're so scared that you just stay in your little box and you don't go outside of it and you don't try anything new. And even though you have all these dreams and desires in your heart, they just shrivel up and die because you're too afraid to do anything. Yeah. And a whole life can pass you by. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not just a year or two, like decades. I, I, I know a client right now that has literally done that whole fear game for three decades. Now it's like, what are you doing yeah. with your life? You know, yeah. I mean, I did it for a long time. It, it's funny because the past two years for me since Melissa and I have been together has been the most living that I've done uh, in the last 38 years I've been alive. Uh, you know, I I for so Look long, <laughs> I for so long always limited my my beliefs of what I was capable of. You know, I I I worked hard. I did good at things that I was doing, but mm-hmm. I was always afraid to do things for like on my own. You know, I always needed to have that stable job with the stable and a lot paycheck. of people and, do. They they rely on that. They rely on that nine to five steady paycheck, and they don't rely on themselves. Yeah, and she gave me a talk one day. She's like, "You realize that you." you can do more than you think you can. Like uh, it was funny because it was, it was around the time I I was going out for a job that was in the business world and I'd never done anything in the business sector. And she's like, you're, you're talented. You're able, you, you have the skill set to do this. The only thing that's keeping you from doing it is is, your box. (laughs) Yes. Is your mindset. And ever since then, I, I really challenged myself to break out of that mindset. And now I feel like literally anything we want to accomplish, Mm -hmm. we're going to accomplish because like we've been saying this whole time, there there are no boundaries. There are no limits. We can just do the things that we want to do and and push ourselves to do them. And as long as we operate outside of that fear, then we'll get it. Yeah, because, well, so I can unpack that in terms of like neuroscience, if you want. Ooh, yeah, yeah, be, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, so, so the fear is a label we give to something because... Um, we're hijacked by bandwidth of habit. Mm-hmm. And so essentially what that means is we've built up a lot of patterns to the contrary. So let's say you're doing the same thing over and over, right? Mm-hmm. And driving home, driving mm-hmm. from work to home, for example, most people just do the same route every day. And it's almost like the car drives itself, you know? Right. Um, and so what, let's say, for example, their spouse or someone in the family says, stop and pick this thing up, the dry cleaning or something for dinner or whatever. And then the, suddenly, you know, you find yourself in the driveway. Yeah, I've done and that. And you haven't so stopped. Times. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because because the so we have two, we have three different aspects to our mind. We have a conscious, subconscious and superconscious. So essentially, you know, that conscious mind is you know you can you can tell the subconscious to do whatever you want and it will do it mm-hmm. but what you're dealing with is how big is the pattern for the old way mm-hmm. is it and it's not just years of build up of doing the same thing over and over it's also the emotional depth so for instance let's say someone has a significant emotional event in their life 
Mm-hmm. And that significant emotional event is like trauma-based or shock or, or, or bliss could be bliss. Doesn't mm-hmm. have to be negative. Right. And they are now um, reminding and regurgitating and reliving that experience. What that does is it, it builds up more neural pathways. I call it bandwidth. It's kind of like going from dial up modem to, to DSL, to a T band or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the broader, the bigger bandwidth, the faster the, the service. And, and the same thing happens with our thought processes and our emotional programs, they build up and they create bandwidth and, and they, they kind of like hijack our reality because it becomes the pattern, the habits. Mm -hmm. And that's why we can, you know, be on our way home, fully intending to pick up the dry cleaning and then find ourselves in the living room and like, oh my gosh, <laughs> dry cleaning. Um, because that has that desire to make that new stop mm-hmm. did not have enough bandwidth. It yep. did not have enough emotional depth to it. Mm-hmm. And it did not have enough bandwidth. So between zero and seven are the imprint years. Those are the years that are we form the psychology of our child, mm. as does the world. Any authority figure, any environmental situation, parenting, teachers, coaches, churches, are, are that child's mind is a sponge and it's accepting whatever is taught to it. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, and indifferent. Mm-hmm. Then then we go into the modeling years where the child then models that awareness of the world, model of the world, model of self in the world and receives feedback. Mm-hmm. So I always, I did couples coaching for a long time. And I used to tell the parents, your child is going to model someone. Is it you or is it the gangbanger? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Modeling years are seven to 14. There's nothing you can do about that. Yep. 14 to 21 socialization but now let's say from 21 on we used to joke we used to go that's therapy (laughs) (laughs) but but what if as an adult now you decide you want to you want to live a bigger life Mm -hmm. but you've got all this bandwidth on this small existence well the zero to seven years are over the sponge is filled so what's what's what are you going to do you're going to have to repattern yourself through repetition. Mm-hmm. So, and that works for the law of attraction because law of attraction is working all the time anyway. And it's delivering to you absolutely everything you focus on, whether you like it or not, whether it's good or bad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are no victims. So, you know, when it comes to creating a larger life, you just need to practice more getting into the feeling. Remember when I was talking earlier about the um, sensory acuity? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting into the feeling, the nuances Mm -hmm. of that new experience you want to have and and build it up within you. Rehearse it. Play with it. Pretend. Pretend again. Mm -hmm. Imagine again. Get back into that space. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do that all the time. We are constantly... Um, outside imagining, um, you know, doing uh, scenarios in our heads, like visualizing the future of what we want the future to be. 
And we're constantly doing that with the kids. Like Adelina, what if you were a bird? What were you, what would you be doing? You know, just um, so they get it in their heads, like to constantly think that way as well. Yeah. I love everything that you're saying. We even do exercises where we imagine what our lives would be like today had we met each other, say, yeah. six years earlier. Yeah. And, yes. you know, what different things would we be doing now? And yeah. how can we then implement that idea of what we would be doing into what we are doing currently? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, a, that's an installation. You just installed the beginnings of a new pattern. Now foster that mm-hmm. fre- with frequency and repetition mm-hmm. There's a saying that it takes 21 days to change a habit, and mm-hmm. that's not correct. It takes somewhere between three, seven, and 21 repetition. Mm. So as an adult, when you want to change patterns, mm, and I, I love that. you know, I used to do this a long, long time ago, because it's what I was taught. Um, when, when you want to change a pattern, you want to Back in the day, we would work with the client on dissolving the limiting beliefs or the negative emotions around the pattern. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing that. The only the only time I do that, which I don't really take on individuals anymore, it's more focused on companies. But if I were, <laughs> the, the thing that I would do, if it was a trauma-based situation, then yes, I would I would go into their unconscious mind with them, subconscious, whatever you want to call it. And I would assist them in a process of them dissolving the trauma or Mm. if necessary, even completely removing the memory. But that's, you know, that's a deep dive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if it's not that hardcore and we're just talking about, you know, things like doubling or tripling our money or, you know, buying 150 acres of land with a 10,000 square foot house and all that, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Then what I would do is I would have them build up new patterns of thinking and feeling around that Mm -hmm. with repetition, Mm -hmm. you know, and until it is so uh, aligned that what you guys are doing, you're living it. Now you're doing a cool thing because you're utilizing the timeline. So you're yeah. actually really smart. You're going into the past and you're imagining as if a new future. Mm-hmm. And you, what's going to happen is one day you're going to wake up and you're going to look at each other and go, oh, my God, we just merged those timelines. <laughs> that's what, that's <laughs> what that's, we're trying that's to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what we're trying to do. We work on it constantly. Mm-hmm. Like. So what would we be doing? How would we be thinking? What would what would life be like? And I really feel like since we've been doing that, that our relationships, even with the kids and the kids patterns has even changed when they're around us mm-hmm. because yeah. they are constantly like, I don't even remember, you know, like me, like, I don't even remember you not being in our life. Like you, if I, it feels like you've always been in our life. And because we go back to Alexander being like one or two years old when we first met. And, you know, um, so we go back to that, like the kids grew up with me their entire life. And I feel like they feel that way. Oh, wow. I'm just having an epiphany. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a good one. Can I share something with you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, um, so 
I've had this, this really interesting experience this last month where um, I reconnected with someone that I actually was shacked up with, you know, back in the day. Oh. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> if you're not on Patreon, you don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, and um, we went through hell together. Mm. It was, it was not a good thing. It was, it was an abusive relationship and, and it was, uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a tremendous healing. I feel like I've healed my whole life just talking to this guy, but what's fascinating about it is I'm right. One of the books I'm working on is kind of like my life story of, of how going through all these familial, dysfunctional, crazy, crazy times. Mm-hmm. And then the impact that has on had on my psyche and um, how to turn that on its head and literally make it in like lemons into lemonade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's worked for me. It's like, I should be a statistic, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, so in, in uh, having this reconnection with this guy, I mean, we, we talk probably every day now. It didn't start out that way because my first thought was, I really don't want to ever hear your voice again. You're a horrible person. I hate you. You Yeah. No, I didn't say that. But but I'm like, well, you know, he sent me a message on Facebook and I, I just, I looked at it one day. I'm like, you really seriously have got to be kidding me. Like I haven't talked to you in 30 years and you're just saying, Hey, I don't want to slap you right now. (laughs) Um, And it took me four months to respond. Wow. Yeah. I can believe it. You Mm -hmm. have to process it. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. But what's interesting is to, and this is when you were making that comment, it brought this epiphany to me about how um, nothing's changed. Not like the core not not the dysfunction where we were both, you know, broken human beings trying to figure something out, but the core of who we each are mm-hmm. um, was always there. Mm-hmm. And as we've been talking, I've been experiencing that merging of timelines where it's like it was yesterday, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a suspended. It's like it's like somewhere in the quantum field and it was always just there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no separation. And so that's why business isn't hard because it's the same for our, our goals. Mm-hmm. Right. Or hiring the right people. Yeah. Or, or, you know, bringing in extra revenue. It's all sitting in the quantum field just waiting for us to look at it. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is even just look at it. Like if, yeah. if we, if people would spend 10, 15 minutes a day just looking at their goals and feeling them as if, then sometimes that's more than enough. They just show up like a phone, the phone will ring or, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. it happens all the, all the time. time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. I'm like, oh, you know? Um, we, so we have a, um, every single night at the end of the day, it could be 10 o'clock at night. It could be 12 AM. Like last night it was 1 AM. Um, but every single night at the end of our work day, we go to our goal board. We have a white, we have tons of whiteboards and we go to our goal board and 
We mark the whole wall. Oh, we are. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We are. Yeah. Panel, this paneling's about to go. Yeah. It's, it's going. about to become yeah. a whiteboard everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's like, what'd you paint your house? Whiteboard. Yeah. yeah. Whiteboard. Exactly. It's just white. The entire house. The outside too. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> but we go and we do that every single night and we mark off our goals and we change our goals and we update them and we talk about them and how we can get from there to here. And we work it backwards like, okay, well, here's our long term goal, which changes all the time. Mm -hmm. But here's our long term goal. How can we work that backwards? And what do we need to be doing tomorrow for our task? to get to our long-term goal. And we do that every single day. I think it's so important. It's such a good practice to have in business just to do your goals and just to have a conversation. And sometimes that's all you need to yes. add some things to your task. And then the next day you're getting it done and you're doing it. And um, that is the biggest, most successful way that you can move your, your business ahead. I feel like. Yeah. And, yeah. and it activates that part of you that is actually using your conscious brain to think about those things, mm -hmm. you know, alongside your unconscious brain, which is working out the problems underneath while you're, you know, sleeping or it's doing other servant. menial tasks. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I'm a musician. And so when I was in college, uh, I had to take cello lessons all the time because my major was in cello and my teacher would want me to play a passage and I would struggle, 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 struggle. And uh, I would practice for hours, just couldn't get it. And then she would start to tell me when you do that, practice for a little bit and then walk away from it yeah. and do something completely different and then come back to it and just look at the music without your instrument and go through the finger motions with it and then walk away from it and then come back and do it again. And when I would do that, my subconscious brain would work it out for me without me even having to do that mm -hmm. much extra work. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a great way to look at what a lot of people are going through right now in business. A lot of people are banging their heads up against the wall. Like I can't solve this problem. I can't do this. I can't do that. But they don't give themselves any time to step away from the problem, clear their minds, mm -hmm. and then let their subconscious brain figure out what it is that they need. So that that way they can come back to it fresh and understanding what it is. That's the actual issue. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you nailed it when you said, um, like work it backwards, reverse engineer every goal. Yeah. Because yes. therein lies the answer. I mean, yeah. And when you're when it, you know, when when these guys are struggling with their business, the the problem is is that they're focused on the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and to your point, you know, to get up and walk away is is letting go of the problem, you know, and just I I do that all the time. I think I think we all have to figure out what is our uh, attention span window, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and when your mind starts to wander off and you're tempted to, to check your social media, um, then you know that you've hit a wall somewhere. Right. So yep. rather than submit to scrolling through nothingness, because you can pay a team to make some tracks there instead of you just wasting your time. Um, actually, you know, get up and move your body. Yeah. Take a break. I, I yeah. think for me, I've kind of determined it's, I'm about a 90 minute window, mm -hmm. you know, um, and what is particularly when I'm in front of a screen mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so, but if I'm doing, um, phone meetings or calls with people, I could, I can do a lot more, but I pace, 
when I when I'm on the phone. Oh, he does. I do too. All Jesse does all the time. He is constantly pacing. Like I can put on, you know, I can do ten thousand steps in a day just (laughs) talking on the the phone. Yeah, he's so funny too because uh, somebody will ask him something and he'll like run all the way over to his computer and try to get the answer real fast. You know, (laughs) (laughs) get him halfway across the house, be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, hang on, two seconds." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, "Are you there?" And it's like, "Yeah, just a glitch." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everything that we're talking about, like manifestation, goes along with being positive. You know, a Anytime that you want to manifest, you want to manifest something in a positive light or positive affirmations. Um, It's not like you want to say, I want to be grumpy tomorrow, you know, Um, like that, that sounds like a really bad manifestation, but everything along the lines of positivity and manifestation, um, that really goes along with difficult times too, because we're all going to have something difficult that comes up in our life and it's not always going to be easy and it's going to be challenging. But I feel like that those times are so important for your soul, for you and for learning and growing. Mm -hmm. Um, So what would you do in those difficult times to stay positive? And how would you tell our listeners to um, combat that negative thoughts kind of rising up in your head all the time? I think getting outdoors is really the answer of the all time answer. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. I probably Mm -hmm. spend in the morning before I engage with the world. I'm probably outdoors for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a long time. A lot of people say, well, I don't have that kind of time. And I just get up earlier, you know. Um, And then I make a point of going out again in the evening. Mm -hmm. And so there's there there nature is is washes you clean it just so beautiful (laughs) takes it all yes takes it all away and you know there was several years where I lived in downtown Los Angeles and um um the romance (laughs) yeah the romance ended quickly um And so I but I was in a lease and 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 I, I I had a certain amount of time I had to deal with and so I had to um, find a way, as limited as it was, to get into a, a place of gratitude about the simplest of things. So just making it real simple. So, for instance, um, I would go for a walk in the morning, and there was mm-hmm. a lot of there was a lot going on down there. I don't want to get into it because it's just like that's a whole dark yeah. hole, you know. Yeah, I feel you've a, been there. <laughs> yeah, a lot going on down there, and and so it would be like there would be a tree maybe every half a block, mm-hmm. and um, I'd be like, "That's my favorite tree," <laughs> you know. Or it even got to the point where I'd be like, "That's my favorite light post," you know. This mm-hmm. this light post looks different. I just had to find a way to focus on some kind of positivity mm-hmm. and um, that really changed everything for me. And it's what enabled me actually to manifest an, an early exit from that lease mm-hmm. Be- because I went from feeling negative, like stuck, can't, it's going to be a long time. I have to deal up with put up with it, blah, 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 to uh, everything was my favorite. Everything was beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just like, it's like the hand of God just came in. It just like swept it all clean. And my, I was out, I was out so mm. simple. Mm-hmm. And, and so if we could just 
I'm grateful, so appreciative just to breathe, to be able to yeah. take a deep breath, to get out of bed, to walk, to run, to to drive myself to work, to to go to work, to do mm -hmm. something that I even decently enjoy, to not have to go to the office, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. Just find a little something. Another just thing find I find your positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thing I do is um I keep several vases of uh cut flowers mm -hmm. around me all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, depending on on your budget, just like get some color and some something that comes again from nature, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And if you if you're really in a good spot and you can have a pet, boom. They'll put oh, you yeah. in a positive place all the time. Yeah. We yeah. have a bunny and she's just the cutest. <laughs> I bet. She was, she was actually in LA with me. She, when I first got to LA, she was like my only friend, you know, I would go to work and I would come home and she would be like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yay. We're, we're our, each other's only friend. <laughs> it, it's interesting to me that you say that being in nature equates with positivity. Cause it's funny to look at back at my life. For years and years and years, I always used to describe myself as indoorsy uh, because <laughs> I would just, people yeah, do. I would spend my time indoors, but those were the most negative years of my life. The years that I spent the more time indoors, I was beat down. I was um, just unsure of myself. I didn't have any confidence. And then I started getting outside more. I started enjoying nature more. And all of a sudden I became a new person and I became more positive and, and had a better outlook on everything. And I started developing more self-esteem. And now we, like you were saying with a favorite tree, we, we have to drive about an hour and 45 minutes to get the kids every time we have to get them. Yeah. And, uh, there's this it's one, it's not tree. our favorite drive. No, it's, it's, it's interstate it's, the whole way. Yeah. Or pretty much nothing around. It's not like you can look out and see skyscrapers and a cool city with, you know, yeah. whatever. But if you're ever driving down I-85 through Georgia um, at around exit 160, yeah. there's this tree. It's that, by itself. Yeah, it's all by itself in the middle of the road. Yeah. And it's, it's got branches that stick out like super far in all directions. And it's just every time we pass it, we're like, there's our tree. And I one day, that. one day we are going to stop on the side of the interstate <laughs> yeah. and take a picture with this tree. Cause they're starting to do well, construction to do construction and it's coming closer and closer and closer. And we've been kind of keeping an eye on it. And we're yeah. going to be so sad when they tear this tree down. It's, yeah. Well, I wish we could just them. pick it up, plant it yeah. and put it in our yard. It would make a perfect swing tree. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But the, the, we we love to we know our trees outside intimately. Mm -hmm. We we watch birds every day. Yeah, out baby bird birds. We, out of uh, we have a nest and we have baby birds. We've had six, yeah. seven, nine. No, we've had a lot. We've had a lot. Maybe nine <laughs> nine baby birds, and they still come around and we still feed them. <laughs> yeah, and the squirrels and the crows and you know just every all the the life that's around us we watch it and we mm -hmm. interact with it and we we encourage it and we feed it and, and it's deers. just it feeds us like it seriously yes. every day just like you were saying every single day we stop what we're doing mm -hmm. and we go outside we eat lunch outside we have our coffee yes. outside we yep. we spend our evenings outside yep. yesterday uh it's been 
kind of a long week already. Uh, and yesterday we're like, you know what? Today, after we do a couple hours of work, we're going to go to the lake for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to come home and we're going to work some more. And, and then we work till 1 a.m. Yeah, we work till 1 a.m. But sure. there's a balance there. You know, we yeah. we work hard, but yeah. then we also make, make time make to- time to feed our souls, to spend time in nature, to do the things that keep us going. Well, who says that the only time you can work is between eight and five? Right. right. Yeah. That's right. a that's an industrial age Newtonian physics concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. actually not productive at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it really just is what wears down our vitality. I mean, for yeah. some people, yeah, but not everybody's wired that way, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, I, you know, I do this too all the time. I'll be sitting at my desk and I'll be looking outside and I just really cannot focus. So I'm like, I'm going for a walk and I'll go for a 40 minute walk or an hour walk and come back and just boom, knock it all out. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it has a way of when you get outside and you, like you're saying, you just breathe in the fresh air mm -hmm. and you, you focus yourself, you quiet yourself, you, yep. you take in the world around you and forget about your littleness at, or what you think is your bigness. If people <laughs> would really see themselves as little as we are and realize how big the rest of the world is like that helps us to get back in that zone and sparks our creativity, sparks yep. our productivity. And it's just, it's beautiful what we can do when we focus on the right things. It's true. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that we're so passionate here on Reimagine Success is helping people understand that they truly are limitless. Mm -hmm. You know, people are, there's like Jesse said, we are so small. Yet, if we truly believe in ourselves and we believe in our higher selves and we believe in everything around us and everyone around us, we are limitless. So, how do you help people overcome? Um, their limiting beliefs. Getting them to focus on what they would like to create. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I find that that works the best because first of all, there's a concept that we are like this onion that has all these layers. <laughs> and if we- Like the enough, ogre? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if we, if we put enough time and energy into peeling back the layers, we're going to get down to this this core of ease, joy, and glory. And it's not true because we are not an onion. <laughs> we're not, we're not layered like an onion. Mm. We are multidimensional beings. Mm. We are like a nucleated sphere, which mm. means that whatever you look for, you're going to find. Mm. So the biggest thing is that when you, when you focus on what it is that you would like to create, you build up that bandwidth I was talking about earlier, where you go from like a dial up uh, modem on what you would like and and to a DSL to to T bands. Like it gets to the point where it becomes the dominant thinking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way to do it, because if we look at what's wrong or what's not working, that nucleated sphere is a black hole. It has no bottom. Mm -hmm. So we'll always find more. So when we say to ourselves something negative, like, why can't I get this right? When am I going to figure this out? What's wrong with me? How come I keep screwing up? You know, when we talk like that to ourselves, we'll find a laundry list of reasons. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. 
always, 100%. And it'll go on forever. And the more we focus on it, the longer the list goes. Mm -hmm. So that works conversely with focusing on what you're creating and then asking yourself questions around that like this. This would be a good question. Well, what else is possible? Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, What haven't I thought of yet? Mm -hmm. Um, What What else can I do? (laughs) Yeah. Or what would happen in my life when this comes together? Mm-hmm. Because you, you have to have something else to connect to. Yeah. So you have to build that thing because that thing doesn't necessarily exist given the the the, the world we live in and it's dissolving, it's dismantling, but the program that that mind fog that you're powerless and you're a victim. And you have to look outside of yourself for validation. As that continues to, excuse me, fall apart and dismantle, it'll be easier for the people behind us that come along to pick up on the creating part of it and building the bandwidth on that side of it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm. I I feel like for me, it's like I've been a pioneer in this, you know, because I've been doing this before it was sexy. And (laughs) uh, it was like, yeah, there's times I want, I think probably in the 30 years I've been doing this, 25, 25 years, uh, I probably thought about it for five before I started. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I asked myself a couple of times, like, seriously, girl, is this seriously <laughs> really what you want to do with the rest of your life? You know? yeah. And the answer was always like, yes, geez, yes. <laughs> so, so there you go. <laughs> Uh, but so a lot of those thoughts though about you know is this really what you want to do with your life Mm -hmm. are caused by blind spots that we have in our lives you know like we we can't see that we can reach these goals Mm -hmm. so how can we clear our blind spots and and focus on the things that aren't going to trip us up um if you could dedicate a block of time each day and no matter how hard it is or how futile it seems, you know, you could, you could sit down and just quiet your mind, even if your mind is racing. Let's see, the whole process of meditating is to align with you. When we get up in the morning, we jump on our phones or turn on our computers or talk to people right away, family, whatever. We're actually, what we're doing is we're aligning with stuff outside of us. We're aligning with the world the world agenda, the world paradigm, the world program, Mm -hmm. uh, the world suffering. And um, so if we could just be willing, that's the first step to be willing. And secondly, then you have to want it, Mm -hmm. right? Comes back to that desire again. And then sit down for 10, 15 minutes in the morning before you engage with anybody. Just get a glass of water, go to the bathroom and do it. And just let your mind... Um, wake up into the possibilities of some kind of an imaginary goal or idea that you have. Just play with it. Yeah. Mm. You know, just do that. That's all you have to do. And it's so powerful. Like that few minutes a day actually has more power Mm -hmm. than the other 23 hours and 45 minutes of negativity. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating to me. It's just so simple. And you see, 
the reason people don't don't do it is because it's so simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but, in in life, we have to. We I mean, you have to every single day in order to keep keep going. Yeah, I mean, again, I feel like it's that fork in the road choice. Like mm-hmm. you can't we can't as a humanity, we can't keep splitting our energy and heal. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we can't we can't be spiritual and coexisting and loving each other and then fighting each other on our politics or our belief system. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, it's, it's an oxymoron. It's, it's diabolically opposed. It just isn't a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people fall into that trap of divisiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, I'm a musician and a lot of the songs I write are all about just coming together as humanity, letting go of the religion, the politics, the the opinions of who's right and who's wrong because everybody knows that they're a hundred percent right and everybody mm-hmm. else is a hundred percent wrong except the problem is is that joe over here is a hundred percent right and he believes completely different than dave over here who's a hundred percent right so who's the right one and we're also arrogant to think that we have all the answers and honestly the the beginning to all of this transformation starts by saying to yourself I know nothing. I I have no answers. And I'm just, you know, somebody who is trying to figure this life out along with everybody else. And then once you do that, you can start extending grace. You can start seeing from other people's points of view. And then you can start to really understand this world in a deeper way. For sure. I, I mean, it's interesting about the being right part. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is the big issue. And um so one one of the tools I used to teach when I was, I used to do these elongated like nine day and 12 day and 21 day certification courses. And one of the cl- uh, tools I used to teach in, in one of the classes was about um, just realizing that through our perception of reality, how we take it in through our sensory acuity will always... Um, have some sort of a relationship with our past programming Mm -hmm. and the relationship it has with our past programming might be um, sort of like caustic because it, it rubs up against it and it, it opens wounds Mm -hmm. or it might, it might actually triggers a good feeling. You know, it's, you hear a song from your teenage years and, you remember your first kiss because that was your song and mm-hmm. you know it can bring it there's just so much there's so much within us that gets bombarded and triggered with this constant assault on our nervous system of fear and doubt and loss and and all of that so the best thing you can do is just really start to get to know yourself a little better Mm-hmm. notice notice when you're feeling twinges of anxiety or fear mm-hmm. you know um I had something come up yesterday I was starting to feel this feeling of insecurity and and I texted someone that the feeling was about and I said do you ever have any feelings of insecurity about our relationship and 
the message I got back was was no because I have I have faith in you know where I'm where I want this to go mm-hmm. and I was like okay so it wasn't it wasn't me picking up on that person's insecurity I own it it was mine mm-hmm. what's this about and then I was able to dial it back I reverse engineered it dialed it back and I'm like oh this is about abandonment mm. this is like Mm-hmm. This is back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so just unpacking it, like, I think, I think slowing our lives down a little bit to the point where we, we, we spend a moment with ourselves and we just kind of unpack how we're feeling instead of onto the next, onto the next, onto mm-hmm. the next, let me fill it with something, you know, if it's TV or food or social media or booze or friends or parties or, and I love all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But if you if you if you're gunning for self mastery, <laughs> you're gonna have to give some stuff up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, this is actually one of our favorite parts, and it goes along with that because we always want to make sure that we stop and reflect, and you want to stop and make sure you're not pressing on and going on to the next thing. So we love to celebrate successes here on reimagine success. We're all about reimagining what your success is and stopping and celebrating it and taking a moment. So we want to publicly celebrate your successes, big or small that you've had recently. And we want to stop and take a moment and celebrate you. So what would you like to share with our listeners today to celebrate your success? Um, It's really recent, you know, Mm -hmm. I decided uh, at the end of May to work remotely for a few months. Mm -hmm. And um, so I've been on the road, just, you know, different states, different cities, different towns. And um, with that came a long term goal where I was um, going to have seminars that I was teaching in in different like sections of the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the first step in that was to be bi-coastal. So I I just started filling my first um, leadership and management retreat in Georgia. And I have them ongoing simultaneously in Newport Beach in California. So I'm now officially bi-coastal. Woo! <laughs> yeah. So exciting. Yeah. And Deborah's also in South Carolina, which is um, our home state. So exciting. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first time in, I'm, I'm in Hilton Head, and it's my mm-hmm. first time here. Hilton Head's been on my bucket list for a long time. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it, we love it. We we took the kids there uh, for Last a summer, summer vacation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so cool. where can our listeners find you, connect with you? Uh, if Buy they, your book. Yeah, get your books yeah. and, and get all your information. How can they connect with you? Uh, website's probably best. So neimind.com. My social media is the Deborah Peters show. By the way, I have a podcast every Tuesday at awesome. um, 12 noon Pacific and we stream live on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube under okay. the same name. Yeah. Cool. cool. And um, what, what kind of stuff yeah. does your podcast cover? Well, and consciousness. So mm-hmm. I've taken the idea of consciousness. This is the new sort of buzzword. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of my favorite, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've I've broken it down into five categories: so health, wealth, relationships, business, and self-expression. Mm-hmm. And you know, the really, uh, really the the four pillars to life are health, wealth, relationships, and self-expression. And then I added business because 
I really believe in my heart that business is a is an art. You know, mm-hmm. we mostly we think of art as as sculptures or yeah. painting or music, mm-hmm. but I see business as an art, mm-hmm. and it's it's the artist is the business owner and the team and the mindset and mm-hmm. the strategy and mm-hmm. and so um, plus it's the backbone. You know, I coach CEOs of small to mid sized companies the backbone of the american economy they're the people employing people yeah uh they're the people sponsoring little league you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. it's like yeah definitely loving it that's awesome well everybody you should check out her podcast make yeah. sure you jump over to her website and just connect because deborah is a wealth of knowledge that we are just extremely glad to have here um and before we let you go is there any last bit of advice that you'd like to give to our listeners Absolutely. The most important thing is that, you know, keep your own counsel. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nothing worse than taking a grand idea, which by the way, is a seed that God plants in your heart. It's not, it's not there for you to doubt. It has merit, it has value. And, and, and then sharing that with people prematurely before you've had a chance to really truly align with it and commit to it. And, and, for them to just give you negative feedback based on their own limitations or, or their own, you know, lack mentality or scarcity or whatever, keep your own counsel and only share your goals after you've really truly married them and there's a bond and then only share them with people that will truly contribute to the Mm -hmm. success of them. Yeah. And appreciate it, you know, yeah. because your the people, your community can also manifest for you as well. Yes. So if you are telling them your excitement about something and they're being negative about it, that will negatively impact your manifestation. Absolutely. Energy is a real tangible thing. Yes. Yep. Yes. You have to protect your energy like yeah. crazy. Yeah. And you know, your universe, everyone that you have in your world that you come across with, they are part of your universe. Mm. And and everyone that you don't know is unfortunately not a part of your universe. So you have to make sure that everyone around you aligns with what you think and what you believe and that are part of your universe that will positively promote each other and that will build each other up and not break each other down. Exactly. hundred percent. We have loved this interview. You have been amazing. I um, I've learned so much just chatting with you and talking with you. And there's just so much more I could talk to you. I I mean, if you guys still want a podcast, we can give it to you on patreon.com, but (laughs) there's so much that we could just continue talking to you about. So thank you so much for being on here. Yes. We really appreciate it. For being honest and for being open and uh, giving us your truth. And we just appreciate it. Thank you guys. Blessings. I'm so (laughs) glad you had me. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. you We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Oh man, Deborah is so cool. Yeah, she's right up our alley. Just one of those people that we've, this literally could have gone for hours more. Hours. Yeah, Yeah, I could have talked to her about so much stuff. You know, it's so funny, Jesse, that her life and the kind of experiences that she went through at a young age, you know, a lot of kids 
have gone through and um, her speaking about the one to seven year year uh, mark where you learn a lot of your skills and your personality traits from one to seven. When you go through a lot of trauma during those ages, you learn how to be really resilient and oh, yeah. a lot of times uh, walled up too um, mm-hmm. because you want to make sure that you protect yourself. So it's really important if you did go through trauma between those ages of one and seven, that you make sure that you're not walled up and that you're open. Yeah. And get the help that you need. If you are stuck in some of those patterns, don't Mm -hmm. try to do it on your own. So many people try to go at this life by themselves and we're not made to, we're made to be in community. We're made to be together with other people who can spur us along people that are like-minded. So find your tribe, find the people that feed your soul and get rid of the negative ones out of your life and stop just killing your dreams because you're conditioned to do so. Yeah. And remember your dreams are so powerful. Your dreams, they're your future and you have to make sure that you do everything that Deborah um, and that we always talk about on the podcast to manifest and make sure that you are striving for your dreams and striving for your goals um, and doing it with a positive and open mindset and always, always, always lead from your heart. Yeah. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear a little bit more of the conversation as it continued after we told Deborah goodbye, head over to patreon.com slash creative global where the conversation keeps on going and we will see you next time with that this has been a creative global podcasting production did you get motivated do you feel inspired don't worry about keeping up with the joneses anymore and don't forget to celebrate your successes every single day thank you for taking this journey with us follow us on facebook and instagram at reimagine success pod Email us at reimaginedsuccesspod at gmail.com and let us know what your successes are. Head over to patreon.com slash creativeglobal for bonus and behind-the-scenes content. New episodes every Thursday at reimaginedsuccesspod.com or your favorite podcast streaming platform. So let's change our mindsets and reimagine success.